Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in this morning. Hope you all are having a great day. Sorry, the podcast file got corrupted yesterday. So I'm recording today's podcast in two different ways. So if the file gets corrupted for one of them, it will not get corrupted for the other. I was not planning on doing a podcast this morning because I was out very late last night. We were at the Logan County, Ohio Lincoln Day dinner. I had the honor of being invited by Mark Pukita for U.S. Senate. His campaign invited me out to join them for the meal. And it was a great event. Um, some great speakers, I I think. Um, I mean, as much as they can be. It was Dave Yost was the key, uh, keynote speaker, along with Jim Renacy, and then three other Senate candidates spoke along with Mark Fukita. So those were the candidates that spoke. It was a great event. It was greatly catered. And I want to appreciate Mark Fukita for inviting me and his campaign for uh, letting me join them. And it was, a, it was a, great, a great pleasure. It was a great event. I had a lot of fun. But it reminded me a lot of the importance of the Senate. As, as I heard four candidates speak, right? I, I heard four of them speak and, and their different ideas and their different values. And one thing that's, that's true, which, which Mr. Paquita was on the show as well. Don't forget to listen to that if you haven't already. Go to my YouTube. It's right on the top of the page. Is that one of them has policy. The rest of them talks about themselves. I have right in my hand right here, which I got last night, a 21-point policy guide, which I talked about on the podcast with Mark Fakita. It's a little fold. You fold it and you put it in your pocket and you can carry it around. You can give it to people. You can say, this is why I support Mark Fakita. It has a little QR code on the back. You can scan that. Um, I think it takes you to his website. I'm not really sure. I haven't scanned the QR code. but And it reminded me of the policy. It reminded me of the the difference of the candidates. A couple of the other candidates spoke about themselves and their family. Um, one of them spoke about policy decently. And one of them spoke about policy on paper. And that candidate was Mark Paquita, who I was invited by, of course. I posted the picture on Twitter. It was great. It was a great event, so I, I really just wanted to appreciate him here. The speech, I recorded the speech. I might release it soon um, so you all can see it and listen to it because he has a lot of good things to say. It was a great speech. Got heckled by an establishment character. That was an, that was interesting. It was very interesting to say the least. I don't know how how, how Mr. Paquita kept this cool, but I respect him a lot for that. So today, Katanji Brown Jackson will be appointed to the court will be voted on by the U.S. Senate, which is why I was talking about that, the, the speeches I heard last night, specifically the Senate speeches, because something happened um, with, with her nomination that I haven't had a, a chance to talk about. Mitt Romney is supporting her nomination. And I want to read his statement in full. So I, I, I want to find that really quickly. I meant to gather, gather it. But he is supporting her, even though he will disagree with her. After reviewing Judge Jackson's record and testimony, I have concluded that she is a well-qualified jurist and a person of honor. While I do not expect to agree with every decision she may make on the court, I believe she more than meets the standard of excellence and integrity. I congratulate Judge Jackson on her expected confirmation and look forward to her continued service to our nation. 
Oh, stop laughing, crowd. Stop. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But for real, she is not a great jurist. She is not a a a a what is the word? She 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 is not good. She's a pro pedophilia uh, pedophilia, which is true. Anti punishing crimes. Justice judge. Mitt Romney didn't have to go on this hill. Mitt Romney did not have to go to this point and say, I'm going to support her because I want her to get nominated. She was going to get nominated anyway, especially after uh, Susan Collins announced that she would support her. And I, I expected Susan Collins. She's, she's from Maine. She's from a blue state. The fact that she got reelected at all is, is astonishing. We shouldn't accept that, but we should realize that that was an expectation, right? We shouldn't accept what we should expect. And so he didn't have to die on this hill. This isn't the hill he had to die on, but he decided to go out and say, you know what? I support Judge Jackson. I support pedophilia. I am going to vote to approve a pro-pedophile judge to the court. A judge who does not care about young children being exploited on camera. Who says you shouldn't have 10 minutes of your life browsing looking for child images result in 30 years in prison. He decided to see someone that will get appointed either way. She would have gotten confirmed either way. Mitt Romney decided to go out on this hill and collapse and have a heart attack and die. Because a vote against her would result in the Democratic Party of Utah, which is less important than the Republican Party of California, attacking him, saying that he's anti-black women. He bowed the knee to BLM as well. Remember that. He, he protested BLM with BLM. And we cannot accept that these rhinos... These fake Republicans are our representatives in the Senate. Because what is the difference between a Democrat and a rhino? They might vote 10% of the time better. Maybe. If that. I think Murkowski might vote with Biden 95% of the time. And, And one of the speakers I heard speak last night was Matt Dolan. Talking about how terrible the administration in power is. Yet if he was in the Senate right now, he'd be voting with them. He, he would have voted for, for the confirmation. I almost guarantee it. So this is, this is why I, I wanted to bring up the event last night. Because of the importance of electing good conservatives. Not whoever has the flashiest TV commercials. Not whoever has the flashiest bus going down the road. Who impresses you with his endorsements or his money. If you can't go up to them and ask them, what are you going to do for me? How are you going to vote? How are you going to govern? They should not receive your support. I have right in my hand. It is probably, it's about an index finger long. Which is a little pamphlet of paper that you unfold and it gives you Mark Bikita's policy guide. Sick of 
Are you sick of Republican swamp rhino uh, facades in Ohio? Read my comprehensive policy guide across 25, 21 areas and see why the establishment does not want you to know about me. Because when you read it, you will join me in questioning why we settle for such mediocre senators from Ohio. We can do better. We can beat the swamp. Tr- infrastructure and transportation, law and order and safety, narcotics and addiction, education, health and health care. Let's unfold it here. Environment and energy, jobs and opportunity, business and trade, firearm rights and hunting, lifestyle and family issues, life issues. Taxes, land and interior, defense and secretary, or security, I'm sorry. Diplomacy and international, governance and freedom. Immigration, fiscal responsibility, entitlement, state and local, and faith. No other Senate candidate has a comprehensive guide. Right? And and this isn't an advertisement. This isn't giving my explicit support for Mark Paquita. I'm not endorsing. I I don't really support endorsements either. But if you can't go up to a, a candidate and ask them, what are you going to do for me? Not flat, flashy campaign literature. Let me, let me go to my literature folder in my drawer here. Let me find my Mike Gibbons literature, who I heard speak, and, and see what all it has to say. He gave me like 20 stickers one night I heard him speak. It was actually crazy. Let's see here. Can I find it in this drawer? I can. This is what he's going to do. This is, this is what Mike Gibbons thinks is important enough to put out on every table when he goes to an event. It's his life story. Mike Gibbons was born into a tightly knit family in Cleveland and was raised in the working class suburb, uh, suburb of Parma. His father was a high school teacher and a wrestling coach and his mother stayed home to watch the kids. He gives you a, a, a life description of him, right? On his, on his decently huge slate card. About two hands large, right? Two small hands, I have small hands. And on the other side, he says he's going to end abortion. Confirm only pro-life justices. No taxpayer funding for abortion and fully defund Planned Parenthood. So when Mark Pukita, and and this is just drawing comparisons, Mark Pukita can take this, which is, you can probably line up four policy guides on the length of this this note from Mike Gibbons. Let's see here, I have quite a few policy guides sitting here. Let's see. Two, three policy guides long. He brings up one issue. I just want to bring that up. I, I just wanted to bring that up for the Senate segment to, to talk about the importance of electing true conservatives. If you can't go up to a candidate, and this is going to be my new qualification. If you can't go up to a candidate and ask them, what are you going to do? Give me a document that tells me what you are going to do, how you are going to vote, how we can expect you to govern. If they can't do that, if they can't give you a list of what they're going to do and how they're going to vote, do they really deserve to receive your vote? food for that but i digress because we have a lot more news to get to in the next segment i don't even talk about judge jackson hardly at all but that's okay a uh, 60 of senior house staffers believe nancy pelosi will retire ohio republicans introduce a florida-like parental rights bill and scavino and navarro is held in contempt of congress for the january 6th probe what a joke my name is up josh we'll be right back after this here on the conservative crusader
Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. A quite interesting article from Breitbart to start off our second segment. 60% of senior House staffers believe that the House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, will retire from office after the midterm election. The poll also sampled general House staffers. Among typical House staffers, 54% said she will retire. Uh, congressional staffers are personnel that assist members of Congress and committees answer uh, assist members of Congress and committees answer constituent mail, write questions for committee hearings, conduct communication duties, and plot legislative maneuvers. So basically, all the heavy work, <laughs> all, all the heavy hitting for the for the representatives. That more senior staffers believe Pelosi will retire likely comes from more experience and therefore carries more weight. Senior staffers told Punchbowl News Pelosi would not announce her retirement in the middle of a congressional session. They do acknowledge Pelosi had previously said this would be her last term as Speaker. Um, Pelosi announced she would run for re-election in January after a mass exodus of office staffers. The uh, Congresswoman has been in office since 1987 and led the Democrats since 2003. According to a Tuesday National Republican Congressional Congressional Committee poll last week, Pelosi is the most unpopular Democrat in Congress. Um, They're worth millions, bought a lot of stock, uses... Uses her position for insider trading. That that's what she does. That's what she does. I believe she knows this is her last term as speaker, but but I don't believe she's going to retire. And I'm I don't have the experience that these congressional staffers do, which is my opinion is she wouldn't have declared her campaign had she not decided to to stay another term. Let's go to nancypelosi.com. Is that her website? It is not. Wow, okay. I'm going to go to our website and see what all it says. It's PelosiForCongress.org.org, okay. Now, this website is terrible. She wouldn't have ran and, and announced her campaign again with, with such an extensive plan had she not decided to stay another term. I, I think after this term, she will retire, but not after the election. Like, she she wouldn't have ran again if she was going to retire. And it makes sense that she wouldn't announce her retirement during a session, but I don't, I don't see why not. It doesn't carry any more weight if she's not if she's going to retire, besides the fact that Republicans will say for a week, oh, the Republicans are going to win the midterms because Democrats are retiring, so that means we'll get Republicans in those seats, those D30 seats in California. We'll get a Republican in there because Nancy Pelosi's retiring, which just won't happen. But I don't want to say too much time on that. I don't want to spend too much time on that because there is important news in the state of Ohio. Republicans introduce a Florida-like parental rights bill. We're giving some applause for that. Two Ohio House Republicans introduced a bill on Monday similar to Florida's recently signed parental rights and education law that would ban instruction regarding sexual orientation and gender identity for kindergarten through third grade. Uh, HB 616 was introduced by Representatives Mike uh, Loichik and Gene Smith. Curriculum about gender identity and sexuality has no place in K-3 through classrooms, period, uh, Loichik tweeted. That is why I have just introduced a bill to ban curriculum about sexuality and gender identity until third grade in Ohio. The classroom is a place that seeks answers to our uh, children without per, uh, political activism, Schmidt said in a statement. Parents deserve and should be provided a say in what is taught to children in their schools. Uh, this bill also seeks to ban critical race theory. Regarding its similarities to the Florida law, the Ohio version will be limited to th- from the ability to teach, either provide any curriculum or instructional material t- on sexual orientation or gender identity. Uh, students aged through four, 12, 4 through 12 would be 
Yeah. Would be kept from instruction that is not age age appropriate. Uh, Some Ohio opponents of the bill claim the bill is too vague and could cause harm to LGBTQ plus families. Ohio State School Board Education member Christina Collins said, according to the Columbus Dispatch, they continue to ignore that Ohio districts already have policies around the teaching of controversial issues. Um, Obviously, Ron DeSantis signed a similar bill into law in Florida. Public statement here. I, I, I don't know that much about Mike Loichik. I don't even know if that's how you properly pronounce his last name. And I don't know that much about Gene Schmidt. But I do know, based on this bill right here, they are the only true Republicans. If they're the only ones that can sign on to this bill already, they're the only true Republicans in the House. And I know a lot about the, how the Ohio Republican Party is corrupt. But this bill should have the support of every single Republican member. It shouldn't even need to be just Republican members. Let me see if I can see the co-sponsor list here to see who all is co-sponsored. Let's see here. It does not have a co-sponsor list yet. So right now it is just just these two from District 63 and 65, respectively. Um, Loichik and Schmidt. If this bill isn't passed, if this bill is not signed into law, we need to primary every every single sitting member of the Ohio House. We need to primary the governor. We need to make sure the governor is out. We need to primary anyone involved that blocks this bill. Because if you do not support parental rights and education, which is what this bill is, it's not don't say gay, it's it's a parental rights and education bill. You are not a conservative. It's that plain and that simple. And one more story before we sign off a little bit early today, most likely. Scavino and Navarro are held in contempt of Congress for not complying with the January 6th commission. Um, Trump advisor Peter Navarro, uh, Dan Scavino, is Trump's right-hand man, were held in contempt of Congress on Wednesday for their month-long refusal to comply with subpoenas rendered by the House Committee's investigation into the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Uh, The two men became the latest member of the former Donald Trump's inner circle to face legal jeopardy as the select committee continues its more than nine-month-long probe into the worst attack on the Capitol in more than 200 years. This is worded like a Democratic article for being from Breitbart. The near-party line vote will send the criminal referrals for Navarro and Scavina to the Justice Department for possible prosecution. Um, Kevin McCarthy said the January 6th committee is criminalizing their dissent. Defendant Scavino has a good man and lobbed harsh uh, criticism um, at members of the committee, some by name. Let's be honest, this is a political show trial. January 6th, and what happened? I, I'm not applauding it. I'm, I'm not celebrating it. But it is not the worst thing that's ever happened in the, in, in the history of our nation. I think the, the plane from 9-11 that was heading towards the White House and towards the Capitol was a bigger attack on our nation. I think the British burning down the White House is a bigger attack on the Capitol, on our, Capitol and on our nation. But but Trump supporters 
a, a small number of Trump supporters breaching the Capitol and going into the building. When the doors are open for them, and someone opened the doors for them, they walk inside. They are the worst people in human history. Daniel Scavino and Peter Navarro, for not complying with a sham trial, need to be arrested and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, but when you break down buildings and burn burn buildings and, and loot and riot and steal, what's the problem? When you break into a car in San Francisco, you're treated like you jaywalked, but if you refuse to comply with a sham trial... You need to be arrested, you need to be you need to be criminally charged, you need to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. It, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. It's all political. If it was a democratic riot, if it was a BLM riot, because the Republicans don't have the majority, we would see nothing happen. Nothing would happen. But because some people walked into a door, all of these people are being held in contempt of Congress. I I don't know. You know, it, it it's it's a sham. Everything w- w- that has to do with this committee is a sham. Shouldn't even be considered a valid committee, in my opinion. It, it it's all a joke. It's all a political game. Isn't that all what Washington is? Isn't that all that Washington is? My name is GOP Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusader. Still is the Conservative Crusader, but it has been for today. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new episode, brand spanking new episode of the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Stay tuned. (laughs) 